Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Masks of Neurothotep in our China chapter. And as we like to do at the top of the show, we'd like to thank you, the listener, and especially you, the Patreon supporter. If you'd like to join us on Patreon, you can, and that's patreon.com slash the Old Ways Podcast. We have a lot to offer there, including uh, all sorts of hijinks you can help our investigators get up to. But before we begin the show, I'd also like to mention that we are in the missing Jack Doyle formation. And so he will not be appearing in this episode. And that's okay because I'm certain he's busy doing something or someone. Uh, We're going to begin with introductions to my right. This is Tiffany and I play Maeve O'Shea. And um, oh, yeah, I was looking at pretty things. You were. You were looking at many, many pretty things in Madame Lynn's personal private collection. And uh, it seems that she has uh, several uh, things which might be of interest. And to uh, Miss O'Shea's right. This is Morgan. I played Lillian Lane and I was touching things I probably shouldn't be touching. So it was like a Tuesday. It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> As per usual. Uh, tonight at the end of the table. Hi, this is James, and I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tartenbach. And once again, I meet my old my old nemesis, Stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, to the doctor's right. Uh, this is Lonnie. I'm playing Robert Drummond. And uh, I have no idea what's going on, but I hope everyone's having a wonderful 2023 regardless. <laughs> Fantastic, sir. Uh, and to Mr. Drummond's right. Hi, this is Heather, and I play... Uh, Anastasia Edwina Fairchild, otherwise known as Stasi. And I believe I'm Mr. Drummond and I are probably in the same void trying to uh, make sure that whatever was outside that went inside is not taking out everyone's, I I, I guess, everyone's insides outside. (laughs) That's creative. Uh, Last, most certainly not least. Yeah, this is uh, Alex playing Sam Beron, who... Uh, for the foreseeable future, or at least the next 15 seconds, will be henceforth known as Leland's daddy. <laughs> and on that note, we are going to raise the curtain. As we do raise the curtain, uh, we are going to drop very carefully into a darkened room where two men sit very close to one another. And there is something between them. A connection perhaps a familial one if only through illusion and chicanery you hear it again sam you hear the word uttered dad i will approach cautiously with my hands out and in kind of a uh, a genuinely concerned but urgent tone say look boy we don't have much time i know why you're here and i promise you won't be able to get it now, but if you trust me, I can get you out of here alive. I continue approaching him. He looks, you know, concerned, obviously. 
You can hear the footsteps approaching from further down the hallway. You can hear the, well, the, the chorus of voices that is raising from the internal portion of this estate. Um, there are multiple guards likely heading up the stairs now. Um, as I continue to approach him, I'll put my hands on his shoulders and give him a squeeze. And I will say, remember, brace for impact, protect the spine, keep a bend in the knee and a prayer in your heart. And I charge for the window. Ah, you hear his voice raise high. Ah, trail off as the two of you go out the window. And so I think what I'd like is this isn't really a jump roll per se for me. And this isn't obviously a climb roll. So I think a hard dex roll is what I will go for, for the both of you. And a hard dex roll would allow you to fall at least the first story in my book without incurring any sort of physical harm. Sure. Let's go, let's go for it. <laughs> that is wow. an extreme success, 975. Yes. Mr. Jones joins you in an extreme success. And so what happens can be viewed from a couple of different lenses. You pitch yourself and him out this window, right? And you get a good leap from the sill. And you sort of dive at a gentle, reasonable arc out the window. And it looks like at the last moment, Sam, Mr. Jones snaps to and and gets his feet under him just in time enough to propel himself equally forward. So (laughs) Stasi and Drummond, while you're outside... Uh, at the, the on the grounds of Madeline Lynn's estate, just trying to figure out where the shadow was going. A little bit further down on the second floor, a window it just crashes open, and you see two forms here in just a small lantern light that's available eject out of the side of this estate, this house, and then careen down towards and tuck and roll before they hit the ground. If you didn't know it any better, you would think this was a tandem of people working together. That's what it looks like. Yeah, that are gymnasts. So one went in, but two came out in a hurry. That's right. I'm just going to look at Stasi here. And I'll look at him and look back. Do we go in? I think we should go in. Once I have eyes, uh, once once our eyes meet again, if it looks like he's broken out of the, I guess the ruse that we were in, yeah, or if he's if he's depending on, I won't really care one way or the other. Uh, when our eyes meet, I will allow the moment of recognition to set in before I sneer through gritted teeth. Run for your life, and I pull a knife. He spins and runs northeast out of the estate towards the high wall. You you know the area just a little bit, geographically speaking, Sam. This is the hardest exit as far as vertical goes, but it offers the soonest arrival to any sort of street. Uh, and I will pursue him as if I intend to kill him. He's going to hit the wall before you do, and when he does, he jumps about probably two or three feet before he gets to the wall. And you see his foot land in a good position against the wall at that first point. And then he jumps directly up and grabs the first brick handholds he can get. And he probably is halfway up the wall at the first jump. Okay. Uh, so Stasi and Drummond, 
the two of you see these two figures bolt across the lawn, one after the other. And it looks like a chase is on. I start chasing. <laughs> okay. Jamin, get that gun. Damn it. All right. For uh, clerical purposes, Mr. Drummond, what's your move? Uh, for clerical purposes, my move, my move is nine. Okay. So you are a very fast mover. Mm. And so I'm going to have you make a con roll. Stasi, are you chasing along with Drummond? No. I am actually going to head as long as I take a quick moment to uh, keep an eye on the ground, see if any guards or anyone comes running. Mm-hmm. And once... If, they, if there is no change or movement, I'm going to head to the window. Okay, it's, it's on the second floor, so you'd have to climb the outskirts of the building. I understand. Very well. So you head towards the building. Um, Mr. Drummond, make me a con roll. Uh, that's a success in 89 under 95. Okay, so your move does not change. It stays at 9, yep. which is fine for our purposes. Your quarry has, right now, two spaces on you, right? Which means... He's going to make a con roll. Um, Sam, if you would also make a con roll for me. Sure. That's going to be a hard success, 1665. Okay. And your move is? Nine. Lots of nines here. Okay. Okay, so what's highest dex here? Sam, Drummond, what's your dex, respectively? My dex is 80. Okay, Sam? 75. So, Drummond, you are going to go first. And so if you are planning on attempting to reach him you'll need to make a climb roll to grab onto the the first there's so I'll, let me stage it up a little bit for you you chase towards the back end of the garden estate mm-hmm. where there is a large wall large brick wall that basically with trees that overhang it that sort of close off madame lynn's backyard there is a man about halfway up that wall trying to egress out there is another man um at the base of that wall that is seemingly chasing after this person. Like, who are you going after? And I say man because it's dark. Yeah. And you can't see either one of them with well definition. I say man because they're mostly physically male as far as their overall height and weight. Well, I don't see any any other exit out of the uh, back of the guard. There's no, there's no exit out into the streets or anything. Nope. I'm going to have to go for the guy at the base of the wall, I guess. Okay. I've got the closest chance of getting him. Sure. And what are you, are you going to attempt to grapple him? Grab him? Like, what What are you doing in an attempt to affect him? Yes. Grab. Okay. So it's fighting brawl. Uh, Sam, you're not surprised because you're aware that there are people in the area. Mm-hmm. And so your options are to dodge or fight back. Uh, I would like to dodge up. So there's no there's no system for you to use climb dodge by using climb. I understand. So the the, the rules aren't going to support it. You can dodge. Yes, for sure, for sure. I would like to I would like to to, to dodge. Feel free to dodge. So I failed my fighting brawl. Okay. So he's seventy four hundred seventy one. That's a success. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you go to reach for him, and because Sam is going to continue his movement up, I will go ahead and give Sam his skill action now. So if you'd like to make a climb roll, you can. And we'll sort of sort this a little cinematically. In the sense that you'll go to grab him and a successful climb roll. I will jump off of Drummond with a 376. Thanks for the boost. Yeah. So you go to grab him and 
you feel just the lightest of sh- shoe, boot on your shoulder as the, this person uses you as a boost to get up higher. That, unfortunately, is not where this round ends. So, Sam yes. and Drummond, I'm going to have you both make me listen rolls. Stasi, I'm going to have you specifically make me a spot hidden roll to see if you pick up on this. That's uh, a hard success, 21 under 60. That's yeah, regular success, 37 under 63. I will not be spending any luck because I want it. Nope, not even. So that's 91 over 65. Drummond's the only one that picks up on it. You hear something at one end of the estate moving through the grass there. And it is big, very big. Stasi, if you're going to continue your action to go up to the second floor, go ahead and give me a climb roll. That is a 76. I'm going to spend a hand of fate and make that a success for you. Thank you. Don't thank me. Thank the backers. Mm -hmm. I thank you. Thank you, Patreon backers. So uh, you dig real deep on that climb roll and get up to the second level where sort of this surround here that's made of clay shingles, that sort of thing, and this beautiful dark pattern. And you can see from your elevated position something large moving through the tall grass in the garden here. And it's coming from one end, one darkened end of Madame Lynn's garden towards the back wall. And it seems to be moving in a beeline direct charge was it from the same direction as the shadow, approximately? No, it's actually the... The, the opposite. The opposite one. Okay. That's not good. I like them big, but not that ugly. I redouble my efforts to get in, to get to the window. Because whatever that is, it's going to hit us. Like a freaking freight train. So, Sam, you and... Mr. Jones, get to the top of the wall. Jones is over just a, just a moment or so before you. And you can see that he is not looking back in any way, shape, or form. He gets to the top of the wall and on his action basically falls in a controlled format to the other side. He even uses one of the nearby tree branches to sort of slow his fall. And his plan looks to be to hit the street and just keep going. Okay. Uh, I, then I will not uh, continue to yell instructions. I will take a beat as I kind of head over the top of the wall. I'll hold on with one arm and give him a moment before I continue pursuing. And so that I'm not charging through the street with a knife in my hand, I will kind of cup it. What's your spot hidden? 85. So at the top of the wall, when you pause... And tuck, sort of cup that knife a little bit. Uh, you can see that the some of the grass in Madame Lynn's yard is not moving, br- blowing in the same direction anymore. There's something moving across the grain. That's what you pick up on. Um, from your height advantage, it's very difficult to not see that. That's not. It's not normal. No, it's not. It's um, seven seven and a half feet tall. It's also three and a half 
feet wide. And what you pick up on, Sam, is that it is pure white. Like the driven snow. And Drummond's still down there? Yeah, he's looking up, I would imagine, or beginning to stand back up to likely, you know, take whatever action is going to come to him very shortly here. Then I will poke my head back over briefly and look down at Drummond and say, you need to run now. And I'm going to drop. And as I do, I reach around to where my flasks are and I will pull my flask of mist breath. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to hold on to that thing and like kind of put my thumb over the, I guess the lid, the lip, whatever the container is, whatever the, the bottle is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to continue moving in Jones's direction, but I'm keeping a very close eye on that wall in case something starts, in case something vaults it. Something comes over or through or under it. Um, I am downing this whole bottle. Drummond, you can hear that noise, that sound of the the freight train coming, the motion through the grass. I'm going to leave you there for just a moment. On the inside of the house, Doctor, you get to that room that all these people were planning on going to, all these guards are, and, and you and Jack arrive to find the room dark, empty, and a window just flayed open like somebody crashed through it. Quick glance around the room. I assume Jack is already leaping into investigative mode to figure out where people went. Yeah, he's not um, He's not going out the window, though, that's for sure. He looks out the window for a second, and um, you see one of um, someone must be a member of staff here, maybe one of Madeline's guards, looks out that same window, and you see sort of a strange smile come across his face. And uh, he says something in Cantonese that you're not familiar with. Step over to the window myself. See if I can get a gander of what he was looking at. It looks like there's a very large object moving through the grass. A very large animal. Very large. Jack, we have company. He's already out the door. Thunderbar. I do not, I've never been big game hunting. I do not know how much help I would be here. <laughs> Pretty dark out there? Very dark. Except for lanterns. Although, you can make a spot hidden roll if you'd like. I would. 63 under 80. Uh, I suppose then it'll need to be opposed by Stasi's stealth roll. And she's not far from that window area. That is a 51 under 85. Okay, so standard success, standard success. Hmm. So they cancel, um, and so you don't see her creeping out by the window. You hear a ladies downstairs when you're standing there with Madame Lynn, having just sort of recovered from this amazing vision of these turtles in the water. There's a beautiful and almost elegant chime that goes off. And Madame Lynn pauses for a moment. There's a very slight upturn in her mouth. Hmm. It looks like there may be some unfortunate things that have arrived. What kind of unfortunate things? Well, she folds her hands in front of herself. I have taken some very painstaking time in training up a proper protection for my home. 
Are you familiar with white gorillas? I'm not familiar. I can guess what they look like. These are a special bread. I was gifted them years ago. They're like family. Okay. We should head outside. Okay. She begins walking through the property, leading the, the both of you back out to um, where that tea room was. And it seems that nearby there are doors that lead to the back. And as she approaches those doors, two members of staff come and open them for her. And you can see this display going on in the backyard. You see just this lumbering is the wrong word, but just this very large white animal moving through the backyard. And you can feel it it almost feels like a horse is charging through the backyard. The same sort of ground shake happens. The same sort of feeling uh, arrives just this sense of, I mean, you've been around very large um, creatures before. Yes. Unfortunately, this one is not under your control. So you don't get the shiny, happy feeling that there's a big creature here that's, that's that you're going to speak to. This is someone else's beast. And so there's going to be a little bit of a um, an upset stomach, a little bit like, oh, oh boy, that thing is huge. Well, for you, Mr. Drummond, there's a different feeling altogether. Um, so for you, you are being directly menaced. This massive white gorilla barrels towards you. It arrives in just a sheer amount of force to the area. It stops. It comes to a complete under its own power just steps from you and you get a single big breathy nasally exhale from it and you're gonna roll pow for me don't pee your pants 80 under 90 um you don't pee yourself you retain all control over your bodily functions you don't remember the next few breaths you take or if you take them um, because this thing has its eyes locked on you and it's leaned down to get closer to you as it's sort of the bulk of it sort of hulks over you. What do you do? And I know what you said about the general location of trees mm-hmm. in the backyard. Yep. I cannot run it. Probably not. I definitely cannot strengthen it. Definitely not. I would need a bigger gun than I'm carrying to do anything to it. I think that's true. Uh, quick question. Is it normal sized or giant sized? Or is it gigantic? Like what, what class how, how are we familiar, How familiar are we with with, uh, with white gorillas? Like you, the character. Oh. This is like a natural world sort of role if you want any sort oh. of familiarity with like. I, I think I have that. Oh, yeah, no, everybody has some natural world. Yeah, but no, like, I thought it put points in it, but I did not. Um, you would just. You would see it and think, oh, that thing's huge. Well, I'm think I'm asking like out of character, like I guess um, it doesn't matter because my character so, wouldn't know. So the size, right? S I Z, the size attribute of this thing is about roughly speaking a hundred and hundred and five. It's it's much bigger than any human likely would be. Okay. It's wider. 
Like that's that's I guess that's like I'm wondering how big it is like compared to Drummond. He said like seven and a half feet tall, about three and a half feet wide. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Makes sense. It's not attacking. It's just looking at me. Oh yeah. Then I'm going to stand as perfectly still as possible. I'm going to continue looking at it. I'm not going to break eye contact. I'm not going to move. It's interesting you say that. It meets your eye contact. And then all of a sudden you realize that it's not breaking eye contact either. Well, I don't want to because if I break eye contact, it will attack me. I mean, that's a theory. I don't know how much gorilla experience you have either. I rolled an ought five on my natural world. Your natural world of what, 10? Yes. Okay, so it's a hard success. Tick yes. your box. I'm ticking my box. <laughs> you think the best thing you can probably do is be um, as non-threatening and submissive as possible because this creature likely is showing some sort of dominance. I will start to lower my posture. Okay. And bow my head slightly. Stasi, are you taking uh, the open window as an invitation? Do I see this interaction on the lawn? Oh, yeah. It's impossible to miss. It's right in front of you. I will take a couple, a pause or two just to see if Drummond gets completely flattened first. Uh, just to know where I stand with my assets. Once it looks like he is not going to be eaten ripped apart or otherwise uh, then yes I will take the moment to slip into the window and very carefully um, I'm sure there's glass all over the place so I will take yeah. my time to make sure I keep as much stealth as possible through that type of scenario that situation and I will keep my ears open because I'm sure if this thing starts to attack Drummond or things go south I will hear it very quickly mm-hmm. so and you won't be able to do a damn thing about it anyway nope so I've already given up on that fact and uh sorry it's nice knowing you truly I appreciate it it's fine good luck good night sir good luck and uh I will avoid the glass Madeline steps out on the lawn as soon as her feet hit the grass you see something equally as terrifying from your position, Drummond. Mm-hmm. You see from around the side of the estate here, a second white gorilla makes a movement towards her. Casual, slowly, and begins to walk beside her. This is something that's fascinating for for you, Miss O'Shea, and obviously you, Miss Lane, because you're seeing something that is not just unbelievable, but exceedingly rare. This second massive gorilla walks next to her, treats her like she's mom. You can see that and feel the sort of communal nature that the two of them have together. And uh, Madame Lynn strolls very slowly and carefully out to the edge of the property where the other white gorilla is. And you see her approach you, Drummond, knowing that you can't go anywhere. Yeah. Good evening. Good evening. As you can tell, Chow and Chang here are impressively interested in anyone they think might be uninvited. 
I will turn to Madame Lin and give a bow. Yeah, you get you get watched by multiple sets of eyes. Oh yeah, oh yeah. May I ask what brings you to my estate this evening? Uh, well, um, I was uh, going to take some pictures of uh, Miss uh, Lillian Lane for, she turns around. for the paper. The paper? Which paper? Uh, the China Independent. Oh. May I? You may not. Uh, there's a business card in my jacket pocket. Oh. Hm. Of course. She sort of smooths the one of these gorillas. You're not really sure which one is which at this point. It doesn't matter. They won't harm you unless I ask. You gingerly open it, present the card to her, and she allows you to place it in her hand. Meanwhile, one of these gorillas picks up your suit jacket and begins sort of opening and shutting the flap of the jacket, <laughs> suddenly interested in your clothing. Mm-hmm. Well, I find this very interesting. And is it commonplace for the photographers from the China Independent to trespass? There was a man who broke into your into your estate. And I will um, point at the broken window. Oh my. She says something in a language you're, you're not familiar with. And one of the gorillas turns around and walks back towards the house. I saw him break in and then two people left. Very strange. They went over the back wall. I was chasing them. Well, um, so just for clarity's sake, uh, Lonnie, what does Drummond's business, because it lists him as... It lists me as a photographer. <laughs> right, but name-wise, it lists you as Robert Drummond. Yes, it does. <laughs> Very well. Uh, Mr. Drummond, would you care for some tea? Uh, thank you. Uh, thank mm. you. Uh, could I have a moment to uh, compose myself? <laughs> oh, of course. Chow will be right here. She pats the gorilla that's left. <laughs> she turns around and walks back towards the house. I'm uh, just standing in the doorway. Sigmund, you've managed to like come down through the upper floors and out to where some of the staff here are pointing. And you realize that a lot of them are, are beginning to mill about here in this space. And you come out to see this enormous white gorilla like hanging out near the edge of the house. A- approach very cautiously the group with the gorillas and Madam Lynn. Uh, very hands down, you know, slow, no sudden movements. I don't know what their behavior is, but I do know that they are an animal that outweighs me like four to one. So mm. no sudden movements, but wrapped fascination. <laughs> very tentatively put my hand out to touch one of them. Like, well, there's only one of the gorillas present. It's covered in fur. Mm. I've yeah. got to feel that fur. Okay. Slowly so that he can see with my hands open. You um, put your hand out to very <laughs> carefully attempt to... I meet it about... Touch it. 40, 60. Make the attempt and then stop. I don't, I don't enter its personal space <laughs> without permission because I like both of my hands. It presses its hand against your hand and you immediately feel like the tiniest man on earth. <sighs> very, very small. Uh, I... Uh, Again, keep my keep my posture very relaxed. No sudden movements. Kind of play the mirror game with it for a moment. Madam Lynn arrives. 
Well, uh, Miss Lane, you seem to have um, an admirer. Uh, Mr. Drummond? She gives you his I card. I looked over at Doctor because <laughs> he's... He said he was here to take photographs of you. Is this something you're aware of? I was not aware of anybody photographing me this evening, but it's not unusual for me to be followed around in a mm-hmm. city. Mm-hmm. I think it's wonderful, actually. I've gone ahead and um, on your behalf invited him inside for tea. He can take some photographs of you and I together uh, through some of the pieces. The uh, estate here has a wonderful backdrop for it, and it'll be wonderful for the paper for everyone to see us together. I think that's a fantastic idea. You do have a beautiful home. Mm. Thank you. Now, she calls out a word in Cantonese, and you hear, come here, son. You hear a string of lines, um, which your brain, having worked heavily recently in the Cantonese language, picks up on. And Lonnie, the the white gorilla in front of you, turns on a dime and sort of trundles back towards the house. And with it, like the the heavy, like animal musk that it generates is gone finally. And, and you have space to actually breathe. And you are trying very hard not to have like a full-blown panic attack. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to move camera to the outside of the home where um, uh, Mr. Jones and, um, well, our friend Sam have um, been hustling down the street. Um, Jones doesn't stop for a few blocks. It's fine. Uh, after we're, I'm sure I'm not being, I'm sure we're not being chased by a giant white thing or anything. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I'm going to, it's, it's, it's nighttime, right? It's like the middle of the night. Oh yeah. Well, it's, uh, at least it's at least like late evening. I don't remember exactly what time it is. Anyway, um, I will kind of hiss at him. Jones, Leland, Jeffrey, whatever your alias is, stop. He stops. He pulls himself like into a small alleyway between a few houses and you can hear him sort of really labor. <sighs> I'll, sl- oh, I'll, sl- I'll slide into the alley. Took that fall like a pro. What were you what were you doing there? <sighs> okay. You could not have picked a more horrible time to chase down a lead on your statue. I imagine that's why you're at Lynn's house. Yes, yes, of course. Okay. She's a a famous collector. Look, the long and short of it, we were already on site in the middle of our investigation. Myself, Miss Lane, a couple others from our troop. Shit. Now, I can reassure you, based on what I saw, I saw I've seen her study, I've seen her gallery. I didn't see a piece that fit the description that you described, but she did make mention of a reliquary, which I'm guessing is where she hides her most prized possession. So if that thing is somewhere, it's probably there. However, now we can assume that security is going to get stepped up to the nines, considering a giant white monster chased us across the damn lawn. And I'm not talking about the guy. I'm talking about something else. Yeah, I, I thought I had it planned out pretty well. I didn't I didn't realize you were going to be there. Oh, Any of you were going to be there. How could you? Are you okay? I'll check him out. Uh, yeah, I mean, his his obviously his blood pressure is elevated, but he seems to be... He's not stopped anymore. He's sort of very slowly, not walking in circles, but he seems to be walking to just sort of keep blood flowing rather than to stop. He has some sort of... He must have done some sort of study at some point to know that after running two or three blocks, the last thing you do is stop dead cold because it's it's bad for you. Look, I've got to get back. I told Lynn that I was going to try to pursue the, the person who's breaking in. We heard you coming into the house. So, look, 
I'm going to have to get back. I'm going to make this look good. So two things. One, we need to meet up after this when everything calms down. Two, I need you to hit me. Hit you? Make it look good. Sure. Just just not the nose. Oh, man. So that's a nine. Yeah, and he delivers. He hits you between just basically right on the side of the head, right above the jawline. It hurts like a mother. Um, you feel it reverberate all the way through your skull. And so I'll, uh, I will deal you two points of damage. Um, Mr. Jones has a left. It's a reasonable left. Um, he doesn't even seem to shake his wrist too much after he, he's he's done hitting you. There's only a slight amount of fight club that goes on in this alleyway. We're staying at this hotel. Come find us in a day or two, maybe. I'm going to go put some ice on this. Listen, I, if I couldn't find it in there, and I've tipped her off, it's one of the person I'm checking. And yes, you can guess who that is. He's the biggest merchant in town. Okay, house or warehouse? Warehouse. That's where he keeps all the good stuff, I bet. Okay. Well, then we're already in sync. Jack and I had some plans. You're welcome to join us. Perfect. Assuming you don't make as much noise as you did in Lynn's house. I'm kidding. He smirks. Son. Yeah, you're going to have to teach me that trick. Trust me, you don't want to know. It comes in handy sometimes. I'm just glad it did. I'm, I'm just I'm just glad it was me you ran into. Me too. All right, I'm getting out of here. Yeah, I'm gonna rub my face. <laughs> uh, I'll check. I'll check um, a passing window just to make sure that it's swelling up nice and good. Yeah. And I'll give it a nice, you know, give it a nice shake. Nice. <laughs> Agitated enough to get the blood to the top of the the blood vessels to make sure that it, you know. Yeah. Get the eye nice and red. Yep. Okay. So, Madam Lynn comes back inside with you. Oh, she waits until you join her, Drummond. She's, oh, I, I I, make a reasonable show of trying to put myself back together from falling on the ground and getting confronted by a large animals. Sure. When she goes back over, I'm gently clapping my hands and patting the, the hand of the gorilla. Okay. okay. Cool. Good job. It's just German for patty cake. <laughs> and then, oh, get up and walk with Miss Lynn. They are fascinating. Where did you? You must tell me everything about them. Everything? Oh, everything you can tell me. Amazing. He's having a hard time taking his eyes off of them. Giant snakes that people summon is one thing, but he's pretty sure these are fairly natural, which makes them a precious gem as far as he's concerned. She says, I, uh, I'm happy to tell you more about them over dinner. You will, of course, stay, she gestures to Mr. Drummond. I will bow again. Your generosity is amazing. Well, it seems only natural to check your references and feed you at the same time. She heads into the dining room. I appreciate your efficiency, madam. <laughs> of course. Now, um, she gets back to the room. Weren't there more of you? You see, doctor, that Jack's not here. And uh, neither is Sam. Well, there were more of us. But 
and look around. Perhaps Jack is in the lavatory. Of course. We will begin then. Uh, hopefully you're all reasonably hungry. Famished. Wonderful. So, Stasi, on the second floor of Madame Lynn's home, what exactly are you doing up there? And where are you going, if anywhere? That's a good question. So, as I navigate my way through uh, the broken glass, what confronts me in that room? What do I see? So, this seems to be a, an unused bedroom. Um, this appears anyway between the, the bed and the uh, the the dresser and some of the other fineries that are here. This is a, we would say simple, but this is an estate bedroom. So obviously it's got a closet. Yes, there's an open window, which yes, there's glass in the floor, but you can also hear the churn of staff up here. There's a couple of staff people working this space too. Likely they're going to deal with the broken window or. The door is open, closed, open. open. Is there Probably wouldn't be a bathroom attached unless it's an ensuite. No, there's no lavatory attached here. You're imagining it's probably somewhere down the hall. Okay. I will pause and listen. Footsteps, viewing through the door, seeing if I can start to kind of map out approximate staff, who's nearby, that sort of thing. Yeah, go ahead and give me a listen roll. Okay. Oh, the dice are with me. My listen skill is 50. So it's an 18 under 50. So a hard success. So you take a moment and sort of tune yourself in with the movements of the space. Um, there are at least three people here. Uh, they walk fairly softly. And they also be they also seem to have a purpose where they're going. There isn't anybody milling here. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that you hear what sounds like movements and sounds of a kitchen being used downstairs. So I'm on the kitchen, near the kitchen wing. Okay. Yeah, that's what you hear. I will stay near the door and wait for, to see if anyone comes immediately by the door. So like off to the side kind of keeping a an eye and an ear out. I am looking to see if I can acquire a if there's a uniform because some a lot of staff sometimes in nicer households will have a set uniform and I'm looking to acquire one if there is. Okay. So given your time here, you're you would think that staff rooms wouldn't be on the second floor. So your if your purpose is to get a staff uniform by acquiring one from a room, then that would likely be some something a place you would have to go to acquire one. If your idea is to acquire one from a person, mm-hmm. then that is much more likely. At least to be That's the latter. Okay. All right. Um Yeah, I uh, will get back to you in a minute. Okay. So below on the first floor, the dining space gets set gets set up fairly quickly. Her dining space is draped in red. There is a honey and sort of red wood table that she brings you to. It is a, a, a beautiful piece. 
the chairs associated with are all hand carved. There's a real sense of tradition here in this room. Uh, you start with tea, and then she brings out or the staff bring out soup dumplings, and then also salted pork soup, which is sweet with a crunch of bamboo shoots in it. It's it begins to become almost a procession of food. You get yellow chicken, which is steamed with the skin left on. There's beak. There's soy to dip them, to dip the, the chicken in itself. Uh, it's tender. It's sweet. And there's a little bit of a, a saltiness to the sauce. Next comes spare ribs with a, a sugar and vinegar sauce. Sweet and savory, but the rib meat is still chewy. There are wontons as well. Super, super light skin. Very thin, filled with very tender meat. There's peanut sauce and hot oil. Um, the, obviously, it's a little bit spicy. Around about the time that all of these appetizers are really consuming the table space, right? This bounty of food. Sam, you get back to the um, estate. So on the way in, I'm also going to perform a little bit of blading. Uh, as in I'm going to take my straight razor and give myself a a nice little nice little nick right right along the hairline where all those arteries are real close to the skin. Mm-hmm. Let it mix with all the sweat from all the running. And give myself a nice crimson mask look before I, before <laughs> I approach the house. And I'll make sure it's dripping onto my brand new white shirt. You know, you arrive back at the estate a little bit worse for wear. When you arrive, the staff at the front door uh, notice you and remember you from having let you in previously. And they offer to assist you with any sort of ailments that you have. Uh, I just need a place to clean up and to let Miss Lane know that I've returned. Of course. Of course, they assist you to uh, a room where you can clean yourself up at. Um, and they advise you that they will, that the party is now beginning to eat dinner. And that they would, um, they'll advise Miss Lane that you're, you're, you've returned. Thank you. So about the time that the apps, really the spare ribs, are, uh, eagerly being devoured by many of you. A, uh, a staff member comes in and whispers something into uh, Madame Lynn's ear. And she sort of raises um, just to, just her figure just slightly and says, Miss Lane, it seems your assistant has returned. He may have been wounded. Hopefully it is nothing too alarming. Oh, um, well, if you don't mind, if your staff could take me to where he is, I'd like to make sure he's okay. Certainly. She gestures to the staff member and... I bow and, you know, I stand up and bow to her and follow the staff member. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the gorilla? Is she? Oh, she's asking me? Yeah, absolutely. A bit warm-blooded. Hmm. I see. Interesting idea. They've been with me for many years. And as you can see, they're fairly effective guards. Indeed. I acquired them from a trader who spent most of his time in the Himalayas. And he was fortunate enough to bring a a pair back on his expedition. I sponsored it. 
I think it's a good idea to have protection, especially when everybody knows your name. Hmm. I tend to agree. You know, there's there are things happening here in Shanghai that require that similar protection. Not, of course, to beasts, but protection from what could befall this city. That is really my longer-term goal. The city isn't managed properly, Miss O'Shea. I've, no- I've noticed some upset. Hmm, yes. And the reason for that is, well, it can be laid at the feet of several things, but one of them is um, old ways of thinking. Old ways of thinking. I'm certain that as a photographer for the paper, Mr. Drummond has seen many of these, um, well, social unrests. Yes? Yes. Had the misfortune to be in a couple, actually. Mm. That is unfortunate. But it's not something that we cannot overcome. The people simply require the right style of management. Civil unrest is a dangerous virus. And symptoms are varying, but they always look the same. I tend to agree. And do you know why they always look the same? Quite often the ends are always the same. Indeed. And the thing that they are on pushing back against is always the same. I'm not sure you're ready to hear what it is just yet. Lillian, you arrive in a very small lavatory, water closet, outside of one. And um, the staff member sort of very gently knocks on the door. Sam? I will uh, let out a bit of a groan. <sighs> Come in. I look at the staff member and y- you're excused. I can take it from here. They nod and walk off. I open the door. Sam? I am putting on my most pathetic display of I am horribly wounded over the basin, bleeding into it, hand on the mirror. Just looking, I look up at uh, Lillian in the mirror to see if anybody's behind her. It doesn't appear to be anybody behind her. Shut shut the door, would you? Yeah, I come in and I close the door behind me. Sam, are are you okay? You're like, you're bleeding all over the place. I I turn around. uh, I, I will give her a very knowing smile. And while I talk, I am going to gesture with my hand to my notebook, which I will pull out and start writing as I'm talking. Mm -hmm. What I say is I interrupted the burglar in the upstairs bedroom, and in an attempt to apprehend him, the scuffle sent both he and I out the window. I pursued him where he fled over the wall into the streets of Shanghai, and he nearly lost me more than a couple times when we ended up in an alley where he blindsided me. The blood in my eyes gave him just enough time to slip away. And then I will flip over my notebook that says, Jones, comma, Leland came looking for the statue. We had to get out. He'll find us later. And then I tear the page out. Well, I'm glad you're okay. We should go back to dinner. I was quiet when I said that, but no, you know. Um, do you need me to go get the doctor's bag to patch you up? I, I think I'll be okay. Do you have another shirt? Do we need to get you another shirt? I noticed that it's all... All bloody. Well, you know, we do our best with what we have. Um, I'll let you finish attending dinner. I won't uh, interrupt the event with my disheveledness. Um, But if you would let Madame Lynn know that the burglar is still at large, 
but we did what we could. Yes, I will tell her. Um, do you want me to have one of our staff grab another shirt for you? Because if you want me to join you at dinner, I'd probably be advised. Yes, certain um, decorum is required. So back upstairs, Stasi, you're going to get your opportunity. So I'd like to, you to tell me how you're going to utilize this opportunity of a staff member walking by. What will you be um, doing to them? How will you be acquiring said uniform? <laughs> well, I would like to draw upon my uh, my martial arts skills and uh, subdue quietly, discreetly, and with a little bit of style, the uh, employee who happens to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Sure. And, and bring them quietly and quickly down. And then we'll find a nice comfy spot for them somewhere in the bedroom after obviously finding, uh, making sure that they're speaking and uh, yelling and uh, otherwise is not possible. Okay, so you're going to make a fighting brawl roll for me with advantage because you are surprising someone. Mm-hmm. And then we'll determine past that what happens. Okay. That is a 16 under 73, sir. Okay, so that's an extreme? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So what I'm going to do for your extreme is um, I am going to apply full damage for your melee attack. So the question is, is you should do unarmed damage is what, 1d3? Yeah. So do you have any damage bonus? I don't have one listed. Okay. So that would be maximum. So it's three damage. And so what I'm going to do, because you're attempting in essentially to do a knockout blow, is I'm going to make a roll for them. And based on that roll, we'll see if you actually knock them out. You're not trying to kill them. Right. You're just trying to knock them out. Yes. Okay. So you manage as one of them passes through the door to essentially grab, turn, and then very effectively strike them in the neck and it causes them to lose consciousness. Okay. Uh, They collapse in your arms. Yes. And onto the floor. Gently and swiftly uh, pull them back into the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm assuming there is a closet or wardrobe of some kind. Yep, absolutely. Is it a closet or a wardrobe? Uh, it is a closet. Okay. That does make a difference. That's why I'm asking. Um, I will quietly open the closet door and I will uh, swiftly remove the appropriate garments from them. Mm-hmm. Not quite my color, but it'll do. Exchange. I will utilize... In the closet, are there are there clothes? I'm looking for scarves, belts, uh, anything of length. This appears to be a guest room. It is empty. Okay. You have the clothes that this person can offer you. Okay. Um, so, do they have a belt on? Yes. Okay. So, I will... <laughs> 
I will take one of uh, their socks and I will <laughs> I will make a makeshift gag Okay. Uh, with that and then is the bed made? Yes. Okay. Uh, I will grab a pillowcase from the bed. Really pull that out real quick. Use that to tie the gag in uh, towards the back. Mm-hmm. And then uh, utilize um, probably my own shirt and pants and do the best I can to tie them. Uh, tie them up. Again, all the ties in the back in such a way that it would be almost impossible for them to get out. They could probably eventually wriggle out, but for now, it will, it will keep them bound. Yes. It's going to take me a few minutes to, to do all this, but I will bind them as best I can. Just sit them and shove them comfortably in as comfortably as possible. They can be into the closet and get dressed. Yes, around these parts, we would call that a hog tie. Yes. So uh, you uh, you fix your hog as you need. And after taking their clothes, which don't exactly fit, they fit well enough, but not exact. Yeah. You got to work with what you have. I do all the time. You are able to head out unless you're going to make any other changes to yourself. Are the employees hair, makeup, are they done up? Are they done Mm. down? No, there's no makeup. No. No. Okay. There's... Very simple, very, very, um, we would just say conservative as far as their hair, makeup, and uh, uh, accessories would go. No, I'll probably have my hair kind of swept up anyway. At this point, we don't have time. All right. Uh, Once they are put into place in the closet, and I am as well attired as I can be with these nice garments, just wish they fit a little bit better, have to get tailored. I will take a quick look out the door, make sure the coast is generally clear, and then I will leave the room. Where are you going? When that shadow that I saw slipped into the house, Mm -hmm. from where I'm at approximately, did it go through that same, they didn't go through that same window. It went through a different one, correct? Yeah, different one. And that was... Other side of the house. Other side of the house. So that's the direction I'm going to head. I'm going to go out and find my... (laughs) Try to work my... Again, discreetly, but not looking, you know. I'm going to fly casual, and I'm going to head towards the direction I believe in that I think approximately that shadow may have gone. Okay, so I'm going to have you make a luck roll because you're not really sure where it was going exactly. Right. Um, so that, that that is going to be a little bit of an arbitrary. And then my question to you is, are you attempting to walk as if you are supposed to be there? Or are you attempting to be stealthy in any way? If there are people around, I'm going to try to look like I belong there. Sure. Okay, go ahead and give me a luck roll. But if nobody is found, I may try to go a little bit faster. Mm. <laughs> Again, I'm going to fly casual. So a luck roll. 29 under 57. Okay. A regular success. Successful luck roll you head in you head in what you believe is the correct direction. Back at dinner, you all get 
the next round of things as soon as Miss Lane arrives back. Obviously, Sam, you're going to come in shortly thereafter. Yep. Um, the mains are something spectacular. Lion's head meatball. So it is a beef meatball. The amazing sauce. It's tender. It's very juicy. It's also accompanied by bok choy. Pork belly. So soy sauce base. Fatty pieces of meat. Very tender. Very tasty. And then there is a fried fish. And that is batter made of uh, what looks like maybe could be seaweed. Because there's a bit of a green tint to it. It tastes like eating the ocean. There is absolutely more than enough food for everyone. Although... That you wouldn't say you were getting wouldn't say you're getting stuffed by any means unless you want to. Uh, Lynn's conversation st- still continues to focus mostly on you and mostly on Miss Lane. Um, it's fairly clear, Doctor, that the same stuff that went on during the tea service is continuing to go on here. She will respond to questions that you ask her. She does not direct anything to you or Mr. Drummond at all. Totally understand. In fact, um, noting this, Doc takes a, I guess in the days of the four door, will eventually be called a backseat roll uh, <laughs> to uh, to what is going on here. And he becomes more of a listener than a speaker, offering only when he is directly offering anything, only when he's directly asked for his professional opinion, if it comes up. Otherwise, he asks one of the wait staff for uh, a sidecar with Baiju as opposed to Rai. Sure. Uh, as opposed to what they have around here. And he's developed something of a taste for the Baiju. Mm-hmm. So he'll have to get a couple of bottles of that before we leave Shanghai. Her Most of her focus after Miss Lane returns is to, to Lillian uh, as far as the conversation goes. And she begins to press back in on that conversation she was having before about the, the actual problem that China, that, that Shanghai is having. That her her goal long term to fix is the way the city operates from its current management. He keeps referring to management style and you don't know if that's her trying to use a turn of a phrase or if the the way she's saying it in English she actually means something else. As she's talking um, and well if Lillian has no a- any uncomfortable gaps because I doubt Lillian has spent a lot of time in a city that is rife with political unrest and firebombs other than Shanghai probably the former but not the latter right um, Doc will offer up a few not amusing but um relationary anecdotes if you will of his times in Germany which both Lillian and Maeve may or may not have heard anything about before but he talks a little bit about a couple of nights where there was a lot of smoke and fire and gunshots and such Mm. so in a um, almost a way to build a a camaraderie with Mm. Miss Lynn with our group not just with the doctor I'm curious, what do you think is the actual problem? You said we'd get to that later. In a word? Sure. Men. That was my feeling. Men are the problem. They always have been. 
too emotional that lot. Mm-hmm. We have struggled under the yoke of either a incompetent governing style, a willingness or an inability to drive off many of the hooks that the English and Dutch have put into our lands. We have for many years subjugated ourselves under terrible trade agreements or any number of factions and gangs because the people are willing to allow it. And I am no longer one of those people. And I think as from everything that I have seen written in the papers about you, Miss Lane, you are a fairly independent woman. Yes? Much to my father's disappointment. Ah. Then we are, we share that aspect. We both disappoint our fathers in this way. We should be so lucky as to continue to do so. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Wonderful. The plan is in the works. There are all sorts of ways one could change the tides of fortune in Shanghai, but first, there must be there must be a re-categorization, a changing of the guard. There are far too many imperialistic, rich men who drive our city to its knees. And people are unwilling to continue to live like this. Doc is nodding occasionally in agreement and has a kind of thoughtful look on his face, actually. Sometimes, sad. Actually, most times, change is good. I agree. Now, let us take some pictures before dessert. My apologies. Uh, I broke my ordinary camera, so I only have my travel one. And I pull out my folding bellow Kodak. Yeah. Do a quick once-over to make sure it's still working. (laughs) Yeah, it's still working. (laughs) And uh, Madeline gestures to one of the walls that has an impressive tapestry. And you can see woven in this tapestry are what look like massive reptiles of some sort. Made of gold. It's stitched in so beautifully on the red backdrop here. And uh, she gestures to her left side for you to join her. Sure. I, I get up from the table and I go and, and, and stand next to her and an appropriate distance away, <laughs> you know, to be respectful. I'm not talking like six feet, but, you know. Sure. And I face... Mr. Drummond. <clears throat> I take a picture. <laughs> you have a problem before you take the picture. Uh-huh. And that is that for the view angle of this lens, they're not close enough. Now, if this was your other camera. Yeah. It'd be, there'd be no issue. They're going to have to get closer. I'm afraid I'm going to. Um, sure. Um, Madam Lynn, you don't mind if. No, please. She gestures closer to her. Have I rejoined the group yet? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yes, Sam, you, you have rejoined the group, so you're seeing this photo. Um, do, do you mind if we link arms? No, not at all. Lillian, roll willpower for me. No. 
you want quit me to touching <laughs> shit. No, I am not rolling psychometry. No, 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 no. I'm not asking you to. I want you to roll pow. Okay. Um, I got all zeros. <gasps> oh my goodness. <laughs> so, okay, so that is a critical failure on your power roll. Fuck. I'm going to blow up. You link arms with her and you feel the, the flash of this camera. And it's like the whole world makes sense now. You feel it here in this room. This, this meeting is, a, it's, a, it's now a, a permanent point on the timeline for you. You've met someone very special. Very special. You can even begin to pick up just sensory information that you weren't getting before. Maybe it's lilies or lotus flowers. Something, there's an air about here that you are beginning to take in you were not familiar with before. And you feel like a, a, an incredible amount of warmth. It's very strange. Like you start to worry that your hands might be perspirating. And then the photo is over and... Madam Lynn thanks you. You barely hear the words. It's almost like they're underwater. You barely hear the words come out of her mouth. And she walks very casually across back to the dinner table where likely the next course is going to be served. And you can't stop watching her move across the room. I'm, I I feel myself blushing up, you know, oh, yeah. my neck to, to my cheeks. Yeah, and for your part, Doctor, the physical reaction that you begin to watch Lillian have is fascinating. It's a little, it's a little strange. The, the smile on Doc's face from earlier doesn't doesn't change. It just changes meaning, uh, <laughs> and he's watching the whole watching this delicate ballet uh, unfold in front of him as a literal lotus wallflower here. <laughs> so before dessert gets started. I'm going to go ahead and call this episode to a close. So thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Masks of Mouth Tip. Certainly it was an earthquake trembling for some of us. And uh, for others, it was uh, just a matter of playing patty cake with a gorilla. Uh, And so we will look forward to seeing and hearing you all next week.